You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. Hey, stay right where you are. Real still, you got to stay right where you are. They're going to play real soft. I need everybody to look here right, right at me. Everybody right over here. You guys over there look here. Do me a favor. Stay right with me. Hey, listen, I'm excited about coming and hanging out with you guys this week, and I'm really pumped about what I believe, and I already can tell that God's going to do some amazing things in this room. I believe that God's going to have an encounter with some of you in this room that's never had an encounter with God before. But listen, but... I got to share this with you. And I, 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 here's the deal. I've been doing camps for 20 years. This is my 20, actually 21st camp, 21 years, a lot. But I got to share this with you, so I need you to listen and be real still. Because here's the tragedy that I've seen way too often. I'm going to share my story with you as we kind of hang out this week. I'm going to share a lot of cool things with you. We're going to laugh and have a good time. Y'all ready for that? Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I got to tell you this, and I don't want you to miss this. Everybody say, don't, don't miss, it. miss it. Look at me real quick. The tragedy that I see way too often, I've seen way too many times, over the 21 years of doing camps, I travel all over this country. This is my second camp. I got seven more. And let me tell you the tragedy that I don't want to see this week. And I'm praying against it this week, and I've seen it too many times. And that is this. Teenagers will come, and man, we'll worship with an incredible band. We'll get after. We'll open our Bibles. We're going to have a great time. And here's what I've seen way too often. That you get distracted, and you miss God's voice. Listen. I was in San Antonio, Texas. I live in Austin, by the way, right down the street. So we're neighbors. I got a chance to come down to uh, San Antonio. They asked me to come and speak at a church over there that was in the inner city area. And they said, hey, listen, we want you to share your story and share the gospel with some students that have never heard the gospel. When I got there, I met a 16-year-old girl who was pregnant with her second child. Here's, look at me. I met some kids there that week, uh, I'm sorry, that night that come from a rough background. They all sat on the floor and I shared a little of my story with them. You see, I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic and a drug addict. I'm going to share this story a little bit more with you this week. I used to watch my dad take needles, stick them in his arm, and shoot up in front of me. My dad started smoking pot with me at 10 years old, and I almost died of a drug overdose at 11 because my dad gave me acid as a joke. He beat on me. He beat on my moms. Beat on my brother. I got left in more bars than I can count. Stayed by myself more days than I can count when he would go off on drunken binges. I began to share this story with these teenagers that were a little restless. And it was like in an instant, locked in. There were these two little boys over to my right, and and they just kept talking. And so what I would do is I would walk over there, and I'd stand in front of them, and I'd go, Hey, guys, you don't want to miss this, because here's why. I was about to share with them that the Bible says that God is the father to the fatherless. And he became my daddy, my Abba father, when I gave my life to Jesus. And I did not want these two students to miss this. And I kept going over to him. I kept going over to him. 
And they just kept talking, kept talking. So eventually I got to the part where I just share the gospel and how my life changed and the voice that I heard. And I'll share a little bit more of that later on this evening. But listen, I gave an invitation and students all over the place began to give their lives to Jesus and go from darkness into light and stand up all over this gymnasium. And I'll never forget what I saw when I looked over. Now, there were students standing all around those two that kept talking. And I'll never forget the two faces that I saw. One student looked at his friend. He said, what happened? And I'll never forget this. The other little boy looked at his friend and he said, what did we just miss? Students that night gave their lives to Jesus. Their names were written in the Lamb's book of life forever. And when their hearts stop and they die, they're going to heaven. And these two little guys got so sidetracked with everything else, they missed it. And the tragedy that I see way too often when I do these camps, and we're going to have fun, we're going to yell, we're going to scream, we're going to laugh, we're going to have a blast. But here's my prayer and my encouraging, little encouraging word to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss what God has special for you to this week. Don't miss what God wants to share with you this week. Don't miss God's voice this week. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for the worship tonight as we can celebrate you for what you've done in our lives. And God, I pray that tonight you'll speak to each and every one of us in this room tonight, God. I pray that tonight that there's students in this room that will hear your voice for the first time, God, as you call them. So Father, I pray that tonight against all distractions in this room, And God, I pray that your spirit will continue to fall in this place as we open your word and we hear your voice tonight. God, speak to us. God, lead us, guide us, direct us, God. Hey, God, I pray that tonight you change hearts and change lives in this room. So, Father, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. And we're going to make some noise in your name. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Everybody say amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Let's get this party started, right? All right, get to your seats quickly. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out. And make your way, make your way. Now, here's the part that I, I'm hoping that you guys find the spot where you can lock in and not miss tonight. So find your spot. Do me a favor. Don't talk to your friend. Don't talk to your neighbor. Everybody look right up here. Everybody say voice. voice. See, here's the deal. Again, my name is Casey Benson. I live in Austin, Texas. I so you got to know who I am. My name is Casey. Uh, y'all have a seat. Everybody say voice. voice. I'm going to ask you to repeat some things back and forth with me, and here's why. So I can tell that you're locked in with me, okay? So tonight, if we're going to make some noise in this world, in your schools, in your home, in your church, at this camp. If you're going to make some noise, we got to know what we're making noise to. We got to know that voice. Everybody say voice. voice. But before all that gets started, I, I, I got to have a little, tell you a little story. Because here's the deal. I love awkward moments. Anybody like awkward moments? I love, here's the deal. Look at me. I like awkward moments when they happen to other people, not me, yeah? But it seems like I always seem to be the guy with the awkward moments. How many guys have ever done this? You've seen somebody you know. You yell at him, Jimmy, ha-ha, what up, dog? 
and you're yelling at Jimmy, and then you realize it's not Jimmy. Who's done that one? And you're like this, and they're looking at you, and then you're like, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. Y'all done this one? Okay. Usually I'm the one doing that all the time. I'm like, put the gun down, man. I thought you were Jimmy. All right. Also, how many guys, how about this one? You ever had this happen to you? Where you see somebody you know, right? And, and they're waving at you. Well, you maybe not know. This happens to me all the time in the mall. I speak at high schools all over Austin. And so I'll go to the mall or something. I'm walking and somebody will be like this and they'll wave at me. So I'm trying to be public. <laughs> they recognize me. What up? And I start waving at them. And they're kind of waving at me. And then I realize something. That they raving at the guy behind me. Who's done that one? Yes. And now you're caught in this really awkward moment of going, ha, <laughs> oh, you're talking okay. Yes, who, y'all have done this one over there. Okay, I'm just checking. Or this one. I know you've done this one. I've seen you come in here this today. This one seems to happen no matter what, wherever you are, and you seem to always be around people when this one goes down. You're walking with your boys. And, yeah, dog, that girl's fine. <laughs> who's done that one? Yes. And I don't care who you are. You will do this. You will turn around and look back at nothing and mean mug it. If you're like me, you got jerky friends that will literally stop right there and at the nothing and go, yeah, dude, there's nothing here. You're just clumsy. So let me tell you about an awkward moment that happened to me. So I, I, like I said, I get to travel all over the country and I get to do this kind of stuff and have a good time and and I was at a place, and, and we're doing a conference. There's about 2,500 students there, and so it's dark. I can't see faces in the crowd like I can see you now. And I'm up there, and I'm just having some fun. I'm telling a story. As I'm telling a story, we're laughing and having a good time together. Out of the darkness to my left, I hear this. Okay? See, at this point now, you got to understand, it's dark. And I'm hearing. And so I'm thinking, okay. Breakfast tacos done got to somebody. But it kept on happening. It kept on being pretty loud and pretty distracting. And so I like, well, at first I'm thinking to myself, some little middle school kid, he done walked in here and he's got one of them air horns. And every time that there's a laugh, like every time somebody would laugh, he would go, and he would blow the horn. So at this point I'm thinking, somebody's got to come take this horn away from this kid. But it was not stopping. It kept on. I mean, it was going crazy. So eventually I said, all right, here's the deal. I'm not crazy or nothing, but I, if, if it happens again, I'm calling for the lights. I'm going to walk over this kid, find them, and just <laughs> kick him in the face. <laughs> just for, out of love, out of Jesus' love, okay? In the name of Jesus, <laughs> give it to me. All right, so it happens again. It just goes, <laughs> And so I go, all right, turn on the lights. And you know this awkward moment happens when the lights come on. The guy with the mic jumps off the stage and starts running toward wherever the noise was coming from. And you know your friends will straight call you out, won't they? So they're all pointing, and I see them pointing, and I'm like, uh-huh, I don't found him now. What up? And they were pointing at a little girl. And I'm like, now look at me. I feel bad. I'm like, oh, man. Now I got to kick a little girl in the face. <laughs> this is horrible. So I get over to this girl. Again, I'm joking. I'm not going to kick her in the face. So I go down, and I look at her. I say, hey. 
And now you got to understand, there's about 2,500 students going, <laughs> that dude's going to kick that girl in the face. <laughs> and so I'm in front of her with the microphone. I'm going, hey, give me the horn. Give it to me. And all of a sudden, this girl starts shaking. I backed up. Because if this girl floats off her chair and her head spins around and she goes, I will destroy you. I'm out. I'm done. Y'all going to have to finish this up, okay? Because I'm not sticking around for, I will destroy you. And she just goes and vomits on me. I'm like, I'm out. So I back up. She's shaking. They're all. Man, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I just thought I got jumped. I ain't gonna lie. I thought somebody would come up here and jump me, all right? I know y'all from Corpus. So, where's Flower Bluff in the house? Yeah. Y'all know y'all gonna stab somebody. All right, look. So, so I'm over there. I'm looking at this girl. She's looking at me. She's shaking. I'm going, give me the horn. And all of a sudden, she's doing this. And somewhere from this deep, dark spot in here, this girl just starts giggling and just goes, <laughs> look at me. It came out of her mouth. It was like, this is what happened. This is what I found out. This girl, every time she starts laughing, she just goes, <laughs> she could not control it. Because here's the deal. Everybody's got a friend with a crazy laugh. Everybody starts pointing now, yeah. Hey, here's the deal. Everybody knows this guy. Everybody knows that one. We were in a movie, my wife and I. There was a, girl, a lady behind us. As we're watching this movie, this woman behind us was straight up the entire movie. Eventually, I had to turn around and said, ma'am, would you just kill the pig? Serve us the bacon. Let's go. It was like dying back there. Here's the deal. I met this girl. There was this girl, and I met her. She literally sounded like someone that stepped on a chihuahua when she would laugh. She'd go, <laughs> like people are walking around going, who brought the dog? Why is there? And I think the best laugh, and probably for the most scariest laugh, I was at a place. Having some fun, telling some jokes, doing a good time. And all of a sudden, this girl like sat right here in this area. I'm just, you know, right, maybe right in here in this area. And every time, you know, everybody would laugh and have fun. She would look right at me and go. <laughs> no smile. Just glaring at me going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and the whole time I kept going, she gonna cut somebody. <laughs> so fellas, could you imagine this? Everybody say awkward moment. <laughs> could you imagine you meet this girl, right? And you're like, man, this girl fun. I gotta get her pager number. Oh, y'all don't have pagers anymore? Okay. I done dated myself. No, look, look at me. Shh. So you meet this girl, right? And you're like, hey, listen. You know, you're pretty fine. I want to take you somewhere nice so y'all go out to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, don't laugh. You on a budget. My man knows. My man picking you up on a bicycle. Get on, girl. Hey, put your feet on the pegs. Put your feet on. Grab my, grab my belt. 
We go into McDonald's. You go to McDonald's. Fellas, look at me. You order the chicken, you know, the, the chicken McNuggets and the 20 piece, and you say, girl, we're going to share. And she's eating her chicken McNugget. And you, you know, it's kind of awkward. So you want to break the awkwardness with a little joke, and you crack a joke, and she just goes, that would be amazing. Better yet, could you imagine this? You go somewhere nicer. They have utensils. She orders the chicken or the steak, and she's cutting her chicken or steak, and you crack a little joke to kind of break the awkwardness, and she all of a sudden looks up with the knife in her hand and goes, <laughs> You're funny. Now, if that happens, I'm going to tell you right now, it's time to leave. Don't pay the bill. Somebody getting cut. Everybody say voice. voice. Now listen to me. Everybody look up here. I want us to have fun. We're going to laugh. I got a couple more little stories I want to tell you tonight, but I need you to look at me. Everybody look, 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 look right here, right here, right here. See, I got to be very real with you. I did not come uh, all the way from Austin, Texas, uh, to hang out with you guys for the next four days. Listen to me. Listen. Shh. I need you to listen, my man. I didn't come here just to make you laugh. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to laugh. But I need you to understand something. I need you to lock in and listen when I start to get into this, when I start to get real with you. When I start to so like I said a minute ago, I don't want you to miss it. And I want you, don't want you to be so sidetracked by the fun that we're having that you miss the most important reason why I'm here. Okay? Everybody say voice. You see, I want to give you a couple things real quick. In John chapter 10, everybody go to John. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 10. No, 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 I can't go back, my man. Listen, John chapter 10. If you don't have it, it's going to go up on your screens, maybe, possibly. Uh, she got it, good deal. So what I'm going to need you to do is, if you got it open, if not, I need you not to talk to your friends or your neighbors, and I need you to look up here. Everybody say voice. voice. Listen to me. Shh. So I'm going to read a little of this, and I want you to hang in there, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. Now, it says, now Jesus is speaking in John chapter 10, verse 1. He says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, and anyone who does not, look, he says, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, well, he's a thief and a what? A robber. Now, verse 2, listen to this. It says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, verse 3. It says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, they listen to his voice. Listen to me. Here's the deal. I don't need you to scream it or yell it or whatever. Just say it and lock in, okay? Listen. He says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, verse 4 goes on to say this. It says when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they actually will run from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now listen to me. I try to talk to my kids when I'm on the road every day. I got two boys, and I'll tell you a little bit about them as we kind of go along with this week. I got two amazing little boys. I say little. I have a son who's 12, uh, just turned 12. His name is Titan. Now, Titan uh, is going to hurt somebody one day. He is uh, about 5'9 and two, about 165 pounds at 12. 
And when I get home from being on the road, I walk in the door and I hear this, Daddy. And I have to brace myself because he will come out of nowhere and just go, Daddy. And wrap his arms around me. I love this dude, all right? Other same name, Colton. I'll tell you about him in a minute. Now, when they were younger, you know, like I said, I've been traveling around for over 20 years now. So I, when I'm on the road, I try to talk to them. I want to call them, and I want to hear their, their voice. You see, when I grew up, let me be real. Listen to me. Now, my dad would leave on these drunken binges, and he would leave for several days, actually, and several months, and then several years. There were actually times, there was actually several years that I have not spoken to my father once, and there were times that he would call my house, and I would pick up the phone and say hello and have a conversation with this man, and I didn't even recognize his voice. You know why? Because I didn't spend time with him. You see, my sons, they, they, I talk to them, and I spend time with them. And I used to do this one thing, and this is probably the worst thing you could possibly ever do to a kid. But I, I coached basketball for about 15 years. I was a head coach for 10. And when we were there at this school, my wife's a head girls varsity basketball coach as well. My wife actually uh, had an opportunity right out of college to go play in the WNBA. But she ended up marrying me instead. Okay. Wait a minute, I saw some of your faces like, hmm, okay, listen here. I think she made a pretty good deal. I've seen the WNBA, all right? Uh, oh, don't all me. Name a team. Exactly, okay. I'm playing. I love those women. They're making hundreds of dollars. They're doing great. But listen to me. She ain't here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So we're at the same school together. Listen to this. And our kids, my son was probably four years old, and he was going into, about to go into kindergarten. And he is down there. His name's Colton. He's down there on the bottom floor. I'm on the third floor of my classroom, and I used to do this. I'd walk over to the, you know, the deal, and I'd look at him. He's playing. Like, he'd be down, like, you know, playing some Legos or something. And I'd do this. I'd go, hey, man. And he'd go. And I'd back up. And he's like, I'm hearing voices. <laughs> I'd go back over, and I'd go, hey, man. And he'd go, that's my dad. And he'd get up and start walking around. He would just hear my voice, and he would know my what? And he would know my voice because I spent time with this kid. He would know my voice because I'm his dad. He would know my voice because why? He loved me, and I loved him. Listen to me. And eventually, I'd get to a point where I'd go, hey, man. And he would look up and see me, and I'd see him and go, oh, good. I thought I was going crazy. Hey, dad. <laughs> and we'd have a moment. Everybody say voice. voice. But listen to this. It says, but. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Now, the reason why he's using this figure of speech here, Jesus, he, because the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus says it again. Look what he says. He says, listen, very truly, I tell you, he says, I am the gate for the sheep. Listen, I want you to don't miss this one. He said, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Hmm. He says, I'm the gate, and whoever uh, comes, enters through me will be saved. I'm going to go back to that in a minute. There's lots of different voices in this world. See, there's the voices of the world that is very real, yes or no? Those voices that say, hey, come on, follow this and follow that and dress like this and dress like, listen to this, watch that. Do all these things of the world. There's a lot of different voices out there. But here's the deal, look at this. Now, I'm going to give you this. The world says this, look after self, yes or no? See, the world says it's all about you. Get what you can get. Do what you can do. Don't worry about nobody else. That's what the world says. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says look after each other. Philippians 2, 4 says this. It says, put yourself aside, it says. Look, I want you to see this. It says, put yourself aside. It says, help others get ahead. 
Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantages. Forget yourself long enough to lend a hand. Now, my son, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do right now with my son is teach him this. My, my, my 15-year-old, just turned 15, going to be a ninth grader next year. My son's a basketball player. Um, he has actually been uh, on some top teams. He's on one of the eight teams in an eighth, eighth ranked team in the nation right now in 2021. The dude's going to buy me a house one day. All right. So he comes home one day and he goes, Dad, I'm going to get beat up at school. I said, what'd you do? He goes, I didn't do nothing. I said, dude, what'd you do? He said, I didn't do nothing. I said, boy, don't lie to me. What'd you do? He goes, well, always seems to happen that way, right? I said, he's holding his phone. He goes, well, Dan, we're at this park, and there's this kid, and you know this. You guys, if you're really good at something, people are going to hate on you, yes or no? If, if you're really good, people are going to hate. So he gets hated on a lot. He gets, I mean, at games, he'll catch the ball in his hand, and the entire opposing side will yell, overrated. I love it. So he says this kid challenged him to one-on-one. I said, well, what'd you do? He goes, well, I played him. I said, but what'd you do? He goes, well, Dan, I was out there. I was just kind of dribbling around a little bit, and I gave him a little double crossover between the leg behind the back, and the kid slipped. I said, okay, I've seen that before. Well, look, look, listen. He slips and falls. I go, okay, well, I mean, that's not a big of a deal. He goes, but Dan, but then I said, I said, well, that's not a big deal. Why is he going to beat you up? He goes, well, he slipped. I threw the ball off his forehead. I backed up, and I shot a three, and I walked inside. I said, well, son, I don't know why you're clapping. But I said, look, I said, boy, I said, you're going to get beat up. See you later. He goes, no, Dad, you got to help me. I said, what you mean? He goes, he's texting me right now. I said, he's going to beat me up. I said, give me that phone. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, you in trouble, man. <laughs> Good luck with that. He said, no, Dad, you got to help me. I said, well, let me see the phone, man. I said, I, I, I go, have you apologized? He goes, nah. I said, well, apologize. I said, say you're sorry. I mean, you, you made him look like a fool in front of everybody. Say you're sorry. And so, I tech, and so I took his phone. I said, let me talk to him. I sound like you. What up, dog? I'm just, no. <laughs> I'm going, hey, man, I'm sorry about that. I was having some fun, uh, you know, blah, 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 apologize, all that. So I, I have a nice little apology thing. All of a sudden, I see the little three bubbles pop up. I said, ah. Three bubbles. Need some three bubbles. All right. Because y'all know about the three bubbles, right? Right? Have you ever sent a text message that you know you wish you would never send and the blue line starts going across? You're going, no! Who's ever done that? Well, you try to turn off the phone. You try to throw it in the lake. Yeah. And then it goes through, and you're like, no! And then all of a sudden, the three bubbles start going, and you're like, oh, what are they going to say? I mean, have this happened to you where the three bubbles are there for, like, ever? And you're like, how bad are you talking? You're like, and then all of a sudden they go away and nothing comes? Horrible. It's like, how bad was it? Look at me. Everybody say voice. So the three bubbles come back. And it's all of a sudden it's just a bunch of beep, 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 playground tomorrow. Beep, beep, beep. I said, yeah, man, you in trouble. The apology didn't work. He goes, Dad, I need your help. Seriously. I said, well, let me do this. I said, how about invite him to church? He said, what? I said, why don't we invite this kid to church? His name was Stephen. I said, why don't you invite Stephen to church? I said, you know, we're having a disciple now this weekend. Uh, the next day was Friday. This was on a Thursday, Friday. It starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I said, invite him to church. He goes, no, nah, Dad, I don't want to get beat up at church. I said, that's a great place to get beat up. Then we can just pray for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Look at me. So my son, in this moment of going, I don't, and look, look I want you to hear this point. You see, in his mind, in the world has told him, forget this dude. 
And this dude is, you know, uh, he, he's mean, he's a bully, he wants to beat him up. And in his mind, is like, you know what, forget him. He can just go to hell, literally. And so I had to tell this, uh, look at me, I'm being real with you. And I had to say, you know what, he matters as much as you do. I said, his life matters as much as you do. Now, he may be mean and he may be hurtful. Invite him to church. He goes, all right, Dad. So we got his phone. We said, hey, man, you want to come to our church? We're having a disciple now, blah, blah, blah. My dad's talking. I was actually speaking at it. And all of a sudden, here comes the three bubbles. I said, ah. He comes back with, are you for real? Okay, I'm back. Absolutely. He says, how much is it going to cost? I said, we're going to pay for it. So it's just back and forth. He said, let me ask my mom. My son goes, oh, here we go. I'm getting beat up at church. So I get the phone back. He says, I just talked to my mom. My mom said, yes, what do I need to do? I said, you come to my house tomorrow. I'm Again, I'm talking as him. I said, come to my house tomorrow, bring your stuff, and we're going to have a great weekend. So kind of long story short, he comes over. I meet him. I walk in the door, and little Stephen walks in. I said, come here, man. I put him in a little head like, ah, you know, have some fun with this dude. Let him know, hey, we love him. He came to the service that night, first night, Friday night, sat in the very back, tried to, just, tried to try not listen for nothing. And check this out. This dude named Stephen gave his life to Jesus that night for the very first time, gave his life to Christ. And, and look, and that's cool. We can't, but look, look at me. See, the world says, hey, forget those guys. The world says, hey, you, you know, don't do that. But look, remember the Bible says, I, I got to read this again. Listen, it says, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantages. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Let me look at, let me, this world needs believers in this room to go out and make some noise for Jesus. Even your enemies. Even the ones you don't like. Everybody say voice. voice. Here's the next one. All right, I need y'all to stay with me. We're going to run through this. We'll close in a little bit. Band will come back up. We'll have some more fun. But I don't want you to miss this. Listen. The next voice that we listen to too many times is the voice of doubt. The voice of doubt. The voice of doubt is very real. I need y'all to look at me. Please don't talk to your neighbors and your friends and you look at me. This voice is very real. And I've experienced this voice of doubt many times in my life, especially growing up with a father who was an alcoholic and a drug addict, especially many times that my father would look at me and tell me I was worthless, I was nothing, I would never amount to anything. My father would actually tell me that I was better off dead because I was a mistake. And I would hear this over and over and over and over and look at me. The more times you hear that and the more times that's put in your heart and put in your mind, you start to believe it, yes or no? And it's very real, that voice of doubt. And the voice of doubt is used by the enemy to crush us. See, the enemy came to kill, steal, and do what? Destroy. And the enemy tries to get in with his voice and destroy us. So one, that we don't follow Jesus or lead anybody else to him. I need you to listen. That voice of doubt is very real. And too many times we listen to that voice of doubt, we follow that voice of doubt, and we hide. And I want to know, I want you to hear this today. Genesis chapter 3. Where did that voice come from, that negative voice, that enemy's voice? And I want to share this with you. Let me give you a backstory. See, God created Adam and Eve, put them in this place called the Garden of Eden. He then put this tree of knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden, and he told Adam and Eve, hey, everything in this garden is yours but that tree. Don't touch it. Don't eat from it. Here's why he told them that. He told them this so they would have an opportunity to make a true moral choice. Because why? We are created in God's image and likeness, and we have an opportunity to make choices. So he put it in there and said, hey, guys, everything is yours, but don't touch that. 
Everybody say voice. voice. Listen, so in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve are kicking it in the garden. And all of a sudden, here's what happens. Verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made. He says to the woman. So now the snake is talking to the woman. She's having a conversation. It says, did God really say you must not eat from the tree that's in the garden? Now I want you to hear this for a minute. I need you to stay with me. This is kind of deep, but I believe you can handle this tonight. The enemy, the devil, the serpent, whatever you want to call it, just asked her a very real question. Hey, did God really say? Let's be real for a minute. How many times have we ever heard that voice even now? Oh, I could raise my hand. How many times we could, you know what? And how, can we, if, if we're not reading our Bibles and if we're not knowing who God, what he said and who he is, we're going to not know if God really said yes or no, right? Absolutely. He says, did God really say? Here's how she answers. Now, she comes back with this. The woman says to the serpent, look, we may eat from the trees that's in the garden, but God did say. So she knows. She says, you must not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will what? Die. Die. So did she know right or wrong? She knew. She knew it was wrong. Here's my question. Look at this. We mo Let's be real. Okay, we're going to be real together this week. We pretty much know what right and wrong is. We don't really need to be told what's right or wrong. We kind of know. And how many times is it that if I knew that I wasn't supposed to touch this one thing, this one part, this one, I would probably put up a, a fence or I would probably stay away from that tree. But isn't it funny how the things we know we're not supposed to be involved in, we end up right next to hearing that voice? Hey, did God really say you can't do this? Did really God really say you can't? And then you're now forced with these two voices in a battle. So now, all of a sudden, she's in this battle, hearing the enemy's voice going, come on. You must not, certainly, here's what happens. Verse 4, he comes back with this. Come on, girl, you're not going to die, the serpent says to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. That's a straight-up lie. You see, too many times these lies of my wife, and if she was here, she would tell you that she wrote this in her book. My wife wrote a book. I brought some, and I actually have a book as well. I'll tell you more about it this week. But my wife actually writes in her book as a college athlete. She used to hear this voice. And this very, very tough voice in her life of doubt, she would look in the mirror, and she would hear this, you're ugly. My wife's a very beautiful lady. And she would hear a voice saying, you're ugly. You're too big to be an athlete. You're too this. And my wife ended up becoming anorexic and bulimic in, in college because she listened to this negative voice that almost killed her. And it's a very real voice, yes or no? And that voice is one of those voices that comes from the enemy to try to kill and steal and destroy you. And ladies, and even some of you guys, I need you to listen to me real carefully and real clearly right now. God did not say that about you. God said this, that you are beautifully and perfectly made. I need you to listen. So when you hear those voices of you're not good enough and you're too big or you're too small or you're too this or you're too that, that is not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. And how you battle that voice is by knowing his voice. How you battle that voice is knowing this. And look what happened here. I need you to see this. So all of a sudden, she's having this conversation and this voice of negativity, this voice of doubt now, because she's going, well, did he really say it? Can I really have knowledge? And in verse, uh, I think it's in verse 6, no, verse 4, 
Now, verse six, she says this, when the woman saw now the fruit of the tree was good for the pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, here's what she did. She took some, she ate it. I need you to look at me. See, if I stop right there, I gotta ask myself one question. Where in the world is Adam? Where's her husband? Where's he at? Why is he not, you know, there? Because listen to me, if I go out in my backyard and my wife is standing next to a tree and she's talking to a snake, I'm probably gonna say something. Honey, you want to come inside? Quit talking to snakes. Look at me. I'm going to get deep, and I know you can handle this. My wife was delivered from the anorexia and bulimia, and God delivered her from it. But there are times that my wife will stand in the mirror, and she'll listen to the snake. There are times that, and fellas, I need, to be, I need you to be really paying attention to this one because we got to do a better job of taking care of the females in our lives. We got to do a better job of the things that we're talking about, the things that we're saying, the things that we're looking at around the females in our lives because of that voice. And when I see that my wife is listening to that snake and she's standing in that mirror and she's feeling horrible about herself, she's starting to hear that negativity and that voice of doubt, then I need to be that husband where Adam needed to be because well, here's the deal. If you keep on reading, he was likely standing right behind her going, hey, what you doing? How you talking to a snake? Okay, cool. You, we're not supposed to eat that. Oh, you want me to eat it? Okay, I'll eat it. And he ate it too. But for me, I need to, as a husband, I need to see when my wife is talking to that snake and I need to do a, a good job, and we all need to do a good job of stepping in and cutting the head off the snake because that's what you do with the snake, right? You cut its head off. Everybody say voice. Listen, keep on going with me. We're almost done. What time are we supposed to be done? Midnight? Okay, good. Listen to me. Shh. I'm playing. Look, shh. we got the voice of the world, the voice of doubt, that enemy. Here's the next one that I've seen way too often. But look here, it's the voice of friends, right? The voice of friends. You see, friends will either make you or break you. Yes or no? Friends will either make you or break you. And too many times, and what I've seen too many times is people, when something goes down in your life, there's a hurt, there's a pain, there's a storm, there's something happening in your life. What happens is instead of running to Jesus or running to God or even running to somebody that can help you in the right way, we run to the wrong way. We run to these friends. And sometimes these friends don't lead us in the right direction, right? Have you ever heard this statement before? If your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? You ever heard that one? Look at me. When I was a, listen, to, shh. I was a senior in high school. Listen here. Shh. I was a senior in high school. I get a phone call. I pick up the phone. My friend was on the other line. My friend said, hey, dude, we found a bridge. I was like, cool. See, I grew up in Galveston, Texas. Anybody know what Galveston is? That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up. And so, I, I, you know, there's lots of bridges. We on an island. I said, all right, man, that's good. I'm glad you found one. Y'all have fun. He goes, no, no, dude. We're going to pick you up in about 15 minutes. We're going to go jump off the bridge. I said, no, you're not. I said, I ain't jumping off no bridge. You don't lost your mind. He goes, I'll see you in 15. I said, I won't be here. Ten minutes go by. I was about to leave. I opened the door. My friend says, come on, man. You got to come with us. We're going to go jump off a bridge. I said, no, dude, we're not jumping off no bridge. I'm not doing this. I'm telling you what, dude. Nuh-uh. I'm not getting that car. I'm not going to go do this. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not going. So I get in the car. <laughs> and we start heading out there. And here's what I told him. I said, look, 
I'm not jumping off no bridge. I'm going to tell you now, I am not jumping off a bridge. I'm going to watch you fools, and if something happens, I can go call somebody and, you know, whatever. I'm not getting out of the car. So we now get to this bridge, right, and we start kind of going up it. And I literally say to myself, I go, man, I hope this ain't the bridge. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice from the front seat, and it was my friend. He goes, dude, this is it. I said, somebody going to die. I said, this is too high. It's like a roller coaster. We, you know, whatever. We go over the side, and I'm actually, at this point, when we're going driving down to the bottom of the bridge, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not getting out of the car. We park the car. They get out. I'm sitting in the car, and I go, look, I'm going to roll down the window, and I'm not. Oh, I just date. Y'all don't even know what this is. This is how we used to roll down windows back in the day before this. All right, look at me. Shh, look at me. So all of a sudden, I rode down the window, and I said, hey, look, dude, I'm not getting out this car. There's no way I'm going up there. you out of your mind. I'm not getting out. So I get out the car, and I walk over to the bottom of the bridge. And I'm looking up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going up there. No, I'm going to stay right here. Y'all fools go up there. Y'all do what you're going to do, and then I will call 911 because I'm not going up on top of this bridge. Well, we get on top of the bridge, <laughs> and we're walking. And I'm walking over, and I'm looking over the side going, dude, this is really way too high. There's no way I'm going off this bridge. And my friend looks me in the face, and he goes, hey, when you jump, don't hold your breath because you run out before you hit the water. And I said, what? I said, how high is this? And before I could say anything, this boy just went, He comes up and goes, yeah, swims off. I looked at my two friends that were with me. I said, dude, we, let's go. Let's go. Let's walk down, walk down. They go, see at the bottom. <laughs> now I'm standing all by myself on top of this bridge. And I'm looking over the side. And I'm going, there's no way I'm jumping off this bridge. They have swum over to the dock. Now they're sitting in the dock, and they're starting to yell at me, Come on! You can do it! And I'm like, No, I cannot! And they're yelling, Jump! So here's the deal. I'm like, I'm coming down. I'm not getting up. And so I stand up on top of the bridge, like the little railing. And I got my feet hanging over the edge, because here I start listening to this voice. You can do this. And if you do this, they're going to love you. It's not that big. It's not. You start hearing this voice. It's not that high. It's okay. And all of a sudden, I hear this. My friend, he yells, do a flip, 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 flip. It like echoes underneath the bridge. Flip, 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 flip. And I go, huh? And as I'm standing up there, two adult peoples in their boat pull up, turn their engines off and go, let's watch this kid die. Now I'm standing there, my feet kind of hanging over the edge, looking over the side going, there's no way I can do this. I got to come down. I gotta come. And I now have this battle going on both sides. One side's going, don't you do it. You're going to die. The other side's going, do it. <laughs> and I'm going, ah. And so then I start telling myself, man, I've done a flip before in the pool. You know, I've just kind of just flipped. and I've done that. I can do this. So I start to talk myself into it. And all of a sudden, I just go, and I flipped. And I kept on flipping. <laughs> Apparently nobody told me that you weren't supposed to do that. 
So I'm like 30 flips in, and people down there going, oh, he's good. <laughs> we thought he's going to do one flip. He's like 20, all right? And so as I'm flipping, I just start to do this. Ah! I just start yelling. So I'm flipping, and all, here's all I see. It was like water, sky, bridge, water, sky, bridge, water, sky, bridge. And so I tell myself, you know what? I probably should open up. I probably need to throw my hands and throw my legs out because I don't want to hit the water in a ball. And so I'm telling myself this. I'm like, open up, open up. I think, I think, that, I think that was the water. Open up. And so I just kind of just throw my hands out, throw my legs out, just <laughs> look at me. It was like the greatest backbuster you've ever seen. I hit, I come parallel over the water and I hit this joker and it sounded like a shotgun went off. It knocked the breath out of me, and I went like this. I started to sink, and now as I'm sinking, all of a sudden I hear the two boats of these two adult people going, let's get out of here, this kid's dead. Now all of a sudden, I'm sinking, my life is flashing in front of me, I feel this hand reach down and grab me. By the hair, it was my friend, he swam out there. Some of y'all are like, was it God? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus grabbed him. No, it was my friend. <laughs> he saw me flipping and goes, no, he wasn't ready. So he grabs me by the hair and he starts pulling me. He pulls me up. I got, still got the breath knocked out of me. He's pulling me over to the side of the dock. He pulls me on the dock. I'm still not breathing. Now, let me preface this with this. This fool has never taken CPR in his life. But look, this day, he wanted to give it a shot. So he drops down and starts to try to blow air into my mouth. And I'm pushing him back. I'm going, my third, my second friend, he's watching him trying to blow air into me, and he goes, well, I need to help. He drops down on one knee and just goes, <laughs> he's punching me in the stomach. What Baywatch episode did he watch to hear see that? And so now, one dude over here is making out with me. This guy's punching me in the stomach. Now my third friend, he goes, well, I need to do something. And this guy lifts both of my legs, picks them up, and starts doing this. <laughs> like he's pumping air into me. And can you imagine somebody driving by and seeing this, going, leave that kid alone. I can see that girl going by, going, y'all stop. <laughs> Tell him to come play real soft for me. Look at me. So now, all this craziness is happening. Life is flashing in front of me. I get my breath back. I just kind of go, you know. My friend who was down here doing all this mess, he jumps up and goes, I saved him. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> my my next friend, he jumps up. They start hugging each other. This fool over here, he's still working my legs. He was not letting go. I'm like, get off me. Look at me. So 
My friend walks over to me. He looks down at me, and this is what he said. He goes, dude, why'd you do that? And so this is what I, I looked up at him. Here's what I said. Look at me. I look up at him. I said, hey, you said to. He walks over, and he, he's looking at me, and I said, you told me to. Everybody look right here. Don't miss this. Look right here. He looks down at me and says this. He says, dude, if you keep doing what I tell you to do, you're not going to live long. <laughs> Look at me. I need to be real with you. I need everybody to listen. I need you to listen. Stay right here. Right, we're here with me. Listen. Shh, shh, shh. Sadly, that's a very true statement. See, too many times that we want to listen to these friends and these people tell us to come their way and do their thing. And guys, one of the reasons why I do what I do and why I travel and why I even came out here with you today and this week and left my family and left my boys and left is because, let me tell you why, because I have buried too many teenagers. I have buried too many teenagers for listening to the wrong voice. Just recently, I had to bury two little girls who were seniors in high school who were going through some hurt and some pain in their lives. One was going through a divorce. One was getting picked on, a little bully action. And so instead of going to a counselor or finding a youth pastor or finding somebody to sit down and talk with, these two little girls went to a friend who was a, a, a known drug dealer. I need y'all to listen. Hey, do me a favor, man. Y'all lock in, and I'll be done in a second. My man. Right here. And this guy reaches into his pocket. Instead of saying, man, go to the counselor, find somebody, he reaches into his pocket, pulls out two vials of heroin, and tells these little girls to say, hey, listen, put this in your body, and that'll help you. And these little girls went home having no idea what they were doing and put too much and didn't wake up because they listened to the wrong voice. Listen to this voice saying, here, do this. And guys, too many times, I, I, and just even just this year, a little boy that I knew personally, great kid, goes off to a party, gets drunk. There's some other kids there that are drunk as well. And this 32-year-old man at a party, and I have no idea why a 32-year-old man is at a party with a bunch of seniors and juniors in high school, but he's there and he looks at this kid and he goes, hey, come on, we're going to take a ride. And this kid gets in the car with this guy, drives off. He ends up wrecking his car, flipping it, and killing this kid that I knew. He listened to the wrong voice. Why I'm telling you this is because, guys, look at me. I'm tired of burying teenagers who are listening to the wrong voice, going the wrong direction. Because why? Life is short. Life is very short. And there's a lot of voices for us to listen to. But tonight I want to share, this last thing I want to share with you is the time I heard the greatest story of my life. The greatest story. And I'm going to show you a lot of stories this week. And we're going to have fun. And we're going to laugh even more. But this story right here, I'm telling you, I, I, I got to share with you because it's the greatest story of my life. I'm going through a tough time at home, of course. Dad, situations. And there's this kid. His name was Brent. I'd go to school each day with kind of 
I didn't know. Like I said, I had no idea if I was going to go home, walk in the door, find my dead, dad dead or alive. I had no idea. I would find him sometimes when I would get home with needles hanging out of his arm. He would sometimes go off in these drunken binges when I lived with him for days. One of the most horrible night, weekends I've ever had is he left on a Friday and I, and I got home from school and he was gone. And for three days, the electricity got cut off and I had no food and I stayed there for three days by myself. I didn't know what my world was. I didn't know. It was just crazy. This kid come up to me one day. I was walking through the hallways, hearing a lot of voices. They're telling me that I'm no good. I'll never amount to anything. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares about you. And you start hearing those voices long enough, man, you really believe them. I was depressed. I was suicidal. And I had this kid walk up to me. And he, his name was Brent. His dad was a local, local youth pastor of the church there in the city I was in. And he walks up, and his first words out of his mouth was this. Hey, man, are you a guy or a girl? That was his first words. I kind of looked at the guy. Now, you understand? It was back in the 80s. I had the coolest mullet you've ever seen. It was more of a flock of seagulls kind of thing. I had these big old high bangs. All the way down to here, I understood his question now. I look at him. I say, no, nah, I'm a dude, you know. He goes, all right, cool. I'm just kind of breaking the ice because that hair. And this is what he said to me. He said, hey, man, come over and meet some friends. I said, all right, cool. So I go over and I meet some of his friends. I talk to him for a little bit. And then as we're hanging out, this, he looks at me and says this. He goes, hey, you want to come to church with me? I said, man, I don't do no church. Sorry. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in any of that. I'm out. And I walked off. Next day, this dude walks up to me. He goes, hey. I said, what's up, man? How you doing? He goes, hey, you want to come to church with me? I said, man, I told you no. I'm not into this whole church thing. Quit asking me. Walked off. Next day, this dude came up again. Hey, man, church is tonight. You want to go? I said, dude, ask me again. I'm going to bust you in the mouth. <laughs> he took a step back and goes, we meet at 7. I'll see you there. I said, I'll throw my shoe at that dude. <laughs> Look at me. He kept on asking over and over and over. And to a point where I said, look, if, I'm just going to hit him. He's going to come up. He's going to say, let's go. Hey, go to church. I'm going to pop him in the mouth. As he drops to the floor, and he goes, come to church. I might go. <laughs> so I'm kinda, I hear him coming up behind me. He's running up. He's like, hey, hey, you know. And he, he gets right behind me, and I'm, about to, I'm just going to turn around and go, boop. And he goes, KZ, dude, you got to come to church tonight. And as I'm about to turn around and pop him, he goes, we got free pizza. And I went, huh? I said, dude, why didn't you like open with that like a month ago? We could have saved a whole lot of mess, man. I didn't know y'all serving food. Look at me. So I go. I go get some pizza, hang out. They might have talked about Jesus. I wasn't sure. I was just there to get some pizza. But check it out. I felt something different there. I felt something a little different when I showed up in this place. These people that I met were different than anybody I've ever met in my life. So I started going more and more and more. And one day, we get there, and they take us off to this place, another church in town. We're like the last ones there, show up, sitting in the balcony. Top of the balcony, back against the wall. I'm not even sitting. I'm standing. 
this guy down there talking, doing all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice. And here's what this voice said. It said, you need me. I said, no, I don't. But I got this. Here's the thing. I didn't want to believe in God. I blamed God for all these issues and things. I blamed my God for being, you know, my dad being an alcoholic. I blamed God for all this horribleness that was going on in my world and my life. And I just started blaming him. And I started hearing this voice saying, I got you. I love you. You need me. And I'm literally having a fight in this moment as standing there against the wall. And there's people, I mean, there's hundreds of people at this place. And I'm going, no, I don't. And I heard it again. You need me. I got to a place where I just kind of just started to break. My heart started to thump. And I knew in that moment that I didn't need him. I couldn't do this alone. I couldn't do this by myself. And I heard this voice saying, just come on, follow me. And at that moment, I got up and I went down to the front. And that night became the greatest story of my life because I asked Jesus to save me, to rescue me, forgive me. And he came into my world and he came into life. And I had an encounter with God for the very first time. And it changed me. Listen. I don't want you to miss this tonight. As I kind of share this with you, look at this. Remember in verse 9 in John chapter 10, it says, Listen, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He says, then it goes on and says, They will come in and go out and find pasture. But look at verse 10, it says, The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, the Bible is very clear. This is part of the gospel I want you to hear, and I need everybody to listen right now and pay very close attention because I don't want you to miss this. See, the Bible says when you become one with Christ, when you have an encounter with God, it changes you. It says the old is gone, the new has come. You become a brand new creation. You become a brand new creature. You change from the inside out. You change. Man, your attitude changes. Your worship changes. Things change in you. Why? It's because you invite the Holy Spirit to come and live inside you. And he changes you. See, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, that our God is an all-consuming fire. Now, would you agree with me that everything fire touches, fire changes? Everything fire touches, fire changes. From the hardest metals Soft as plastics. If fire touches it, it's going to change. So if our God is an all-consuming fire, if you have an encounter with God and he touches your life, should you change? Listen to me. I don't want you to miss this. And I'm praying that tonight that you hear God's voice. That you're not being distracted by somebody else's voice right now. That you hear God's voice when I ask you a very real question. Has he changed you? Do you know him? Has he rescued you? See, the gospel is very simple in this. It's where God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to come to this earth to live a perfect life and to pay the debt for our sins. Now, here's the thing. Have we all messed up? Have we all made mistakes? We all fall short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. We all have made mistakes. We've all messed up. He says this. I want to give you a place in heaven, and all you have to do is follow me, believe in your heart that I'm real, and I'll pay that debt on that cross over 2,000 years ago. He went to the cross. He paid the debt for our sins. He gave his life for you and me. And then this way, the Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for us, that he was buried for us, 
And on the third day, he proved that he was who he said he was, and that's God, when he rolled back that tomb and said, I just beat death. Let's go. Follow me. That's Jesus. That's our God. Listen. Listen. I don't want you to miss this. Too many people miss that, though. And tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to look into your hearts and ask yourself a very real question, and that is this. If my heart was to stop and I was to die, do I know where I'm going? Do I truly understand and know who Jesus is? Am I following him? Do I know that he saved me, that he's rescued me? Do, do I know this? Because I don't, I don't want you to miss this. And again, in Psalms 34, 17, I want you to hear this. Look at this. It says, is anyone crying for help? I love this verse. It says, God is listening and ready to rescue you. Mm. He says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you've been kicked in the gut, and let me tell you, this world can kick you in the gut, yes or no? Man, this world can knock the breath out of you. Sometimes it's not our choice, and sometimes we choose the wrong thing, and the world can knock the breath out of us. Look what it says. He says, if you've been kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Now, I want to be very clear with my asking of this because I don't want you to be confused. There's a lot of people and a lot of distractions. I need everybody to lock in right here with me as I ask you this question. Do you know Jesus? If your heart was to stop and you were to die, do you know that your name is written in that Lamb's book of life and you're going to heaven, not because you've ever done anything, because you believe that Jesus Christ rescued you, you follow him, and he's changed your life. I'm hoping you hear his voice tonight. So what am I going to ask you to do? Everybody in this room, I want you to close your eyes and be real still. No one's looking around. This ain't between your neighbors. This is not between anybody around you. This is between you and God right here in this moment. And listen, I'm not asking you tonight if you've been baptized, dipped, dunked, sprinkled. I'm not asking you if you, I'm not asking any of that. I'm asking you to look into your heart and ask yourself a very real question. If my heart was to stop and I was to die right here, and ain't nobody guaranteed tomorrow, do I know Jesus? Do I have a relationship with him? I'm not asking you tonight if you've got a religion. A religion will not save you. Only Jesus will. Do you know Jesus? And if you've been saved and you know Christ, then you know him. You have a relationship with him. And sometimes we think, well, I've made mistakes. I've been saved, but I make these mistakes and I have to get saved. No. But I need you to look into your heart and ask yourself this question. Do I know him? I'm not asking if you know about him. I'm asking you, do you know him? Is he your Lord? Do you follow him? Has he changed you? Are you changed from the inside out? He died on that cross. He was buried for us. And he beat death for us. And he just said, come on, follow me. So when nobody looking around, I want to ask you a very real question. I just want to pray for you. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to call you out. I just want to pray for you tonight. And my prayer is this, that if you don't know Jesus right now, 
that you would surrender your life, that you would give your life to him and let him have it and surrender all your fears and all your things. I just surrender it all and give it to him. So nobody looking around, I want to ask you a very real question. You've looked in your heart. You've searched your heart. Maybe even talk to God, and maybe even some of you need to even say, hey, God, do I know you? Hey, God, if my heart was a stop and I was a die, hey, God, do I, am I going to heaven or am I going somewhere else? Because I want to give you a real chance to respond tonight to the gospel. And that's confessing your sins, inviting Jesus into your life, and letting him change you from the inside out. So how many can be very real with me? Again, no one's looking around. How many can be very real with me right here, right now? You say, you know what? I don't know. Man, if my heart stops and I die, man, I have no clue what's going to happen in my life. But I hear a voice tonight that's telling me I need him. And I need Jesus to rescue me tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, pray for me? If you believe that tonight, that you know that you need Jesus to rescue you, to save you. All right, put your hands down. So whether you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Now, this is not a magic prayer. This is a prayer of you right here, right now, just confessing your sins or mistakes and asking Jesus to save you, to rescue, to come into your life. And that tonight you begin a walk with him. That tonight you encountered him. He's touching you with his holy fire, and he's going to change you from the inside out. You're just going to talk to him. It's not magic. And so if that's you, if you raise your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. And I believe in my heart that you are real. And God, I ask you to forgive me of my mistakes, my mess-ups, God, and to come into my life and rescue me. Save me. God, I believe that you are real. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, and I'm going to be real clear with this. If you believe that tonight, that Jesus became real to you for the first time tonight, that you believe that he spoke to you for the first time tonight, and you believe that you've asked him, you prayed that prayer with me, and you really meant it, would you put your hand up and say, that's me. And he became real. Tonight, he became real. This is not rededication. This is not repentance. This is not any of that. This is tonight that you had an encounter with God. You heard his voice. You prayed with me, and you believe that tonight he just rescued you. Put your hand up real high. I tell you what, if you absolutely 100% mean that, would you stand up right where you are all over this place? Unashamed, unafraid, stand up and look me in the eye. If you really believe that Jesus rescued you tonight for the first time, this is for the first time. This is not, remember, I need everybody to stand and tell everybody to look at me. So we make sure we're all in this understanding here. You see, I'm a firm believer in that you don't lose your salvation. That means that I don't get saved, I say a cuss word, I mess up, and then all of a sudden it's gone. I believe that you still save, you just repent. So I want to make sure we're on the same. You, all you got, and I tell you what, because I need to see you. And I don't know if we have enough room. But I'm going to ask you, guys, if you're standing, I want you all to come up here and stand in front of me, right here and look me in the face so I can see you. Because i got to see all of you, and I can't see everybody. And if you need to go back. And I want to make sure we're on the same page here. 
And it's not. This is for first time salvation. That means that tonight you heard his voice. You believe that tonight that he rescued you for the first time. And you know that tonight your name is written. I'm not asking you tonight did you figure out the Bible or any of that. But tonight you know and you believe that God became real to you in your life. So you that are standing here, I need you to look at me and lock eyes with me, okay? Because I'm going to come all the way over here. Do you believe that tonight that Jesus Christ became real to you? He rescued you and you believe your name was written in that Lamb's Book of Life and you just got you had an encounter with God tonight. Just give me that's what you mean. Right? Not, not really. And if not, go have a seat. Go sit back down. If not, but you believe that God became real to you. God became real. You believe that tonight that he rescued you. Look, just give me a little head nod. Yeah, that's me. Tonight that you believe that Jesus became real to you and he saved you. He rescued you. Tonight you believe that your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life for the first time. And you believe that he rescued you. Just say, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's who I am. Yes, right here. Look at me. Fantastic. And we'll go talk about it here in a second. But I need everybody that's standing in this front to look at me. This does not mean your problems go away. I need you to listen. This does not mean that your problems go away. The night that I got saved, I went home the very next night and my dad was still drunk. He beat on me the next night after I got saved. I got beat up and chased into the woods. But let me tell you what happened for the first time that night. That's never happened any other night. He chased me in the woods. I hid behind a tree and he stomped around looking for me. And I was behind this tree and I did something for the very second time pretty much in my life. I prayed. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to say. And here's what I said. I said, God, help me. Help me. I just met you yesterday. Help me. And for the first time in my life, Hiding behind a tree. I wasn't alone. Loneliness sucks, doesn't it? Loneliness hurts. And if you believe what you believe tonight and you believe that Jesus became real and he is now here, look at me. You will never be alone again. He gives us an incredible promise that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You sit in his hand and nobody can snatch you from him. Amen? Amen. Ain't nothing better than that. So listen. Nate, where are we going? We're going to go out that door. You guys are standing here. We want you to go pray with somebody. Go hang with somebody. Go talk to somebody about what God has done within your life tonight. And then we're going to come back in here, and we're going to celebrate this week. All right? Amen? Good guys. Y'all turn and go follow them right there. Just head that direction. Don't, don't, don't sit back down unless you didn't answer that question. The rest of you, do me a favor. Close your eyes. Be real still as they head out. Oh, we're going to have a good time this week. Nate, you got enough of don'ts? Okay. Everybody get you real still, y'all. Close your eyes. As they head out, 
I just kind of want to give them a minute to get out. I need to talk to those of you that are sitting. So I need you to close your eyes, be real still. So you're still, you're sitting in this room. You're telling me two things, okay? You're telling me either this, man, I'm not there yet. I heard you tonight. I heard the gospel tonight. You might even felt God speaking to you tonight. You might even heard his voice tonight. But you're just not there yet to just go all in. Hey, that's okay. I didn't get saved the first day I showed up at church. It took a while for God to just kind of break down some hurt and some walls and some stuff that was happening in my life. But my prayer is for you, if you're still sitting in this room and you don't know Jesus, is that before this week's over, you give your life to him. That you surrender all that pain and all that hurt and let him take it. That's my prayer for you. And it doesn't even have to be in here, guys. You could go back tonight and talk to one of your adult leaders, even lay in your bed and say, God, I need you, and he will rescue you in your bunk. But if that does happen, talk to one of your adults. Talk to one of your leaders. So that's to those of you that are still processing and still figuring it out, still kind of, you know, working through that salvation. So now I want to talk to those of you in this room that are Christians. Those of you in this room that you have that relationship with Christ. You've walked into this camp knowing Jesus, knowing that your name was written in that Lamb's book of life, knowing if your heart stopped and you died, you know you're going to heaven. But let me be real with you for a minute. How many of you that are sitting here can say, yes, that's me. I know I know him, but I got to be real tonight. Man, I've been listening to the wrong voice. Man, I've been listening to that enemy's voice. I've been listening to that voice trying to kill, steal, and destroy me. I've been listening to that voice that's saying, hey, do this and do that and go this direction and that direction. And man, I just need to get on my knees and cry out and get back on the right path. So you do two things in repentance. You repent to be saved, which I'm praying is that every one of those students and adults that came forward tonight, they repented to be saved for the first time. And then... Hey, guys, we spent a lifetime of just getting right, just repenting. How many can be real with me and say, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But, man, I've been listening to the wrong voice in this world, the voice of doubt, the voice of friends, the voice of this world, and I just need to lock in on his voice. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me? If that's you. I just need to get back on the right path. I just need to get right back on that track. Man, I just need to hear his voice tonight clearly because I'm tired of running in this world. I'm tired of playing these games. I'm just tired. All right, put your hands down. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, those of you who raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, or you could do it two ways. You could stop right in your seats and just pray. But I'm going to encourage some of you to come up and get on your faces at this altar, to come up and get on your knees around this place and just have a moment with God. Just talk to him and cry out to him and tonight even let him break some of you and get back right with Jesus. So as I start praying, you move. Go ahead and stand. Father, I love you and I thank you for rescuing so many in this place tonight. And God, I pray that as they're walking across to speak with somebody, that you can just pour your love on top of them. That they know that tonight has been the greatest night of their lives. That tonight, they know without a shadow of a doubt that their hearts are yours. That their names are in that book. 
and that, God, you show them it's a celebration that you've rescued us. And God, I pray for all these students who have come forward and got on their knees tonight and says, I know you, Jesus, but I gotta get back on the right path. I gotta get back in hearing your voice and not this world's voice and not the voice of it. God, I pray that tonight we get real with you so our worship is pure. Our conversations are pure. Our hearts are pure. As we cry out, as we repent tonight, and get real with you as we give you everything, our entire lives, we give it all to you.